Hello, everybody in BBT. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you so much. Let me just make sure this is going live before I dive into Finance Fridays. This is new for us. Admittedly, I do see myself live. We are good. And admittedly, even though I come from finance, I have been hiding from finance since I started coaching. That is about to change. I'm very grateful. I'm very excited to finally be able to burst the doors wide open on financial literacy, how it actually intersects with mindset so well, so well. And truly what led me to mindset in the first place was my experience as a financial advisor. So now I get to share all of this with you and just truly download information, knowledge, actual, practical, useful tips for how to invest in yourself, how to invest your money, how to become cash positive is what we're going to call this. So this is just the first setup lesson of many, many more to come. We are starting Finance Fridays in BBT. Let me know if you're excited. I sure am. Again, thank you for being here. Thank you for spending your valuable time in a group of people that are becoming better together, that are students of life, students of knowledge. And you guys are here and willing to learn. And I truly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate the time you spend here with me. That being said, let's talk about money. Let's talk about finance. I'm going to pull up a document so that I make sure I hit all the points today, but get used to on Fridays talking money. And this is something that it's like religion. It's like sex. We are told it's very taboo. We don't talk about it, especially with strangers, especially online. Money feels gross to really talk about. Let's demystify it. Let's de-villainize money so that we can have a better working relationship with it. We can have just a better relationship with money and finances and investing and demystify it so that we can be more financially whole and sound. I'll help you to the best of my ability. Just keep showing up with me, having an open mind and learning something that we were not taught. Nobody really taught us this. I learned all of this when I became a financial advisor, and it truly was like drinking out of a fire hose. I can explain that whole journey another day. But today, I want to talk about five big lessons I learned in my time in finance. I was an advisor for about eight years. If you don't know who I am, by the way, I'm Brie Willits. I am a mindset coach, and I'm a business coach. I also am now the one-on-one coach in Rob Dial's program, Business Breakthrough, coaching coaches on how to turn your knowledge your impact, your wisdom into a coaching business that allows you to have freedom, do whatever you want with your life. It allowed me to leave my job in finance and actually be able to talk about it because for years, I wasn't allowed to talk finance. When you're in the industry, compliance owns you. It owns your whole life. And so I wasn't allowed to post about anything, wasn't allowed to even educate about it. Now I am. So I'm going to educate you. Again, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Five lessons I learned as a financial advisor. That is what we're going to go over today. So the first one, please, if this is all you take from it, lesson number one is the most important. School did us a disservice. It really did. It didn't teach us valuable financial literacy young enough. It doesn't. You graduate school, you learn geometry, and you learn all math, you learn calculus, you, you learn even statistics, all the hard stuff. But nobody really teaches you how to build credit. What is credit? Let's talk about investing, cash flow. What is a stock versus a bond? What is an investment vehicle in general? Crypto? That's a new topic that definitely is not being taught in school. There are so many things, how to find an advisor, what fees do we care about, what don't we care about, taxes, 
how to pay them, and also how to save on them. These are all very real life lessons that we did not get taught. And yet we enter into the world, we graduate, we start having money, we start getting jobs, we start being told we need to take care of our money and do it the right way, but no one really tells us how. So it is your job and your responsibility to become a student and make the decision to educate yourself about finances, to educate yourself about money, to become cash positive, to understand your cash flow. As an advisor, it blew my mind all the time, but I also understand, I also understood completely when somebody would come sit in my office for the first time and they would just be filled with shame, shame and embarrassment and regret and remorse about well, this is my financial picture. I don't think it's as good as it should be. I definitely have made some mistakes. I've been too afraid to talk to anybody about it because money carries such shame. We should know what we're doing with it. And yet again, no one teaches us or tells us what to do with it. And then on top of that, there's opinions from advisors, from other people in finance, from the gurus out there about what you should be doing with your money. And the reality is you have to decide that on your own. But again, nobody teaches us how. So lesson one, It is your responsibility and it's our responsibility to educate ourselves about finance, to educate ourselves about what to do with money, how to invest it, if you want to invest it, and build a relationship with it so that we are not victims of we didn't learn in time, but we can be champions of our own financial success by learning in time or on time because you have to make the active choice that I'm going to spend time learning because I did not get taught it before. And so if you actively make the decision to be a student of finance and educate yourself, money doesn't have to come with some of the negative feelings. It doesn't have to have this taboo. Money can be a wonderful tool. It can be a resource. When you hear people saying money is energy, I truly believe that now. I didn't in finance. It was very linear I could math my way to understanding how people would arrive at a certain income destination, how they would arrive at a certain portfolio destination. I had clients that all they did, they just wanted to be in the million dollar club. I worked, my office was in a smaller town in Ohio and it had a lot of factory workers that would work and they would invest in their 401k for years and years and years and years until they reached the million dollar club. And then they would retire and they would be so happy they got there and then they wouldn't spend the dime And then they worked so hard. They stressed themselves out. They scrimped pennies. They saved. They were stingy with it, with their family. They had excuses. We just need to get to this number. We just need to get to this number. And it was the worst case of destination addiction before I even truly knew what that was that I could ever imagine. And then they would get the million dollars. And then life would begin when, right? Life would begin when. And then they would die about a year into their retirement or their spouse would die. They never got to spend any of the money. They would both die, something unfortunate would happen, or they would hoard it forever. And they lived on barely eating anything because their identity was so wrapped around getting to that benchmark and that threshold that their entire relationship with money worked their quality of life, their entire experience. The amount of times people would not go out to eat even once a week because they were trying to save to get to a goal blew me away. So when I got out of finance, I had a little bit of a jaded view of finance. I didn't know what to do with it because I've seen so many bad relationships with money that completely would warp, shift people's relationships in life, their relationships with themselves. And again, people would march into my office just full of shame and regret, and I would have to try to untangle all of it. I want to empower you, you wonderful people here, to, again, empower yourself, to educate yourself, to be a champion of your financial story, not a victim of it. 
And so we're going to learn. We're going to learn a lot of finance in the next couple of months. I'm really excited. So Finance Fridays, here we come. Lesson one, you are the empowered student. It is your responsibility to raise your hand and say, I don't know a lot about this, but I'm willing to learn because I want a better relationship to money, to what it can do for me in my life. And I don't want to be that person that has this financial goal doesn't matter how lofty it is, but that controls my happiness, my relationships, my quality of life. Money doesn't have to be evil. It doesn't have to be anything negative. It can truly be a resource for us to get the most out of life. I want to teach how we can change the mindset around that. Okay. Number two, money, our relationship with it has so much more to do with our own beliefs than it does our actual income making potential or the actual investments we choose. I could invest two people in the exact same portfolios at the exact same age at the exact same time. Depending on their behaviors, their choices, their own discipline, those portfolios would be very different a few years later, even one year later, same investments. It's our behaviors, our relationship, our discipline, our emotions, our self-sabotage, our willingness to even be open to try a new investment, something we haven't tried before, our openness to be patient and trust the process of investing, knowing that compounding takes time and sticking to one strategy over a long-term viewpoint compared to someone that was very short-term view-oriented. Again, I could invest them the same way. And then a lot of times the clients, because there's some discretionary trading, but there wasn't a lot of it, at the end of the day, it's the client's portfolio. I am there to advise, and then I would place the trades, but they would give me the green light or not. And it was their choices, their behaviors, their fears that would dictate the returns time over time over time compared to the actual investments we put them in. That didn't matter. We can all invest in the same damn stocks. We can all invest in the same mutual funds, ETFs, crypto. We all have the same choices, but it's our beliefs. It's our fears. It's our behaviors. It's our own ego that gets in the way all of the time, constantly. And it was that way with all my retirees who I loved and I would see them grow and we would hit these goals again. And then their behaviors, their relationship, their viewpoint would totally warp their perspective and what they could do with this money. So it has so much to do with your own belief. And a belief about money is, again, something we're not taught that we can heal, we can shape, we can define for ourselves, but we can't. And that is where mindset fits in perfectly with money because we have to define that for ourselves. We also have to shed old ones that are no longer serving us. And that happens most of the time is that we outgrow an old money belief that we didn't even know we had. Or we picked up from our parents unknowingly, unwittingly, because we were young and we heard things like money doesn't grow on trees. How much money do you think I make? You're an expensive child. Your sports are expensive. We would hear these things. We pick them up and slowly over time, we villainize it. So your relationship with money has a lot to do with your beliefs, whether you know it or not. We're going to work on changing them so that the beliefs that are going to serve you being more open to receiving money, to accepting money, to asking for your worth, to not thinking sales is slimy, to not thinking that business is all bad, that paying taxes is evil, paying taxes is a waste. I would hear that all the time too. I don't want to make any more money because I don't want to pay any more taxes. How does that make any sense? But that's what we believe because we get these beliefs instilled in us. We pick them up whether they're ours or not, and then it becomes our reality. So we're going to work on our beliefs over the next couple months here on Finance Fridays too. Number three, financial advisors are great. I still love financial advisors, but, but there is automatically a conflict of interest involved, no matter what, because certain companies are allowed to invest in certain things and then have structures and they have certain opinions and ideas about what products they can't be offered. 
And so all advisors have your best interest in their heart, technically, technically, legally. But again, mentally, the beliefs there, sometimes we literally could not offer an investment that would be the best for a client because the company didn't offer it. And so there's a conflict of interest just inherently built into finance, into the system. I still wholeheartedly agree that you should have an advisor when you're at a phase in life that you need to learn how to take your big ball of investment money and make income out of it. Please have somebody guide you when you get to that stage. Please, please, please. Again, it is still your job though to educate yourself on how to find that person that aligns in your values and your beliefs with your financial picture and not just be blind to advice because we don't know what we're doing financially. And I would see that too. Financial advisors are salespeople at the end of the day. We would sell products and promote products. They would pay us differently. The industry is getting a lot better about this and not making things so commission-based because again, there's a conflict of interest there no matter who you are, no matter how educated you are, no matter how much you care about your clients, there is a conflict there. It's just how the industry is structured and that will not go away. And so again, it is your job as the consumer, as the client, not to villainize the financial advisor, not to shame them because they charge fees. They have to. It's part of the industry. They have to make a living. Like I get that. But it's your job, again, to educate yourself and find the people that align in your values, your beliefs, your objectives, your goals, to find the right person to help walk you to that finish line. So we hire financial advisors for different reasons. Don't let your willingness to just be ignorant and then try to place the blame on that advisor later. I could see that a lot too. I would get blamed for putting people in things and there's a lot of blame that goes around. So again, financial advisors are a fantastic investment. I still will promote them. I would say hire them when the time is right, but it is on you. Do your homework to find a good one because they are not all treated equal. At the end of the day, they're still selling things. And with the commission, there's a conflict of interest. So I'm just saying not all fees are bad, but make sure that you do know what you're buying and you're paying for and that it matches your values. And you have to be the one to define those not the financial advisor. I've seen that too. And that's why I got a little jaded on the industry. It's because sometimes there is that conflict to win an awards trip or to win something, to be the best financial advisor of the month, whatever it was. And so you could put people in products that they don't know any better, that they don't need, and they don't need them. And I would see that a lot. People would come to me with annuities. Annuities can be great. There's a lot of bad ones that you don't need. And so people would come to me with annuities that they bought three, four, five years ago from somebody out of state, somebody on the phone that sold them to their grandmother, all this stuff that they just got bamboozled by someone in their reality was doing them a favor because financial products are, there are so many good financial products when put in the right place for the right purpose. When that doesn't happen, they can be really unfortunate when we match them to people that don't need them because they don't match the values and the goals. So again, it's on you to educate yourself and be confident and comfortable with the person that you hire to serve you. That's what the advisor is there for. Okay. Four, fees. Fees are both your friend and foe. Choose the lens in which you want to view fees when it comes to investing. When it comes to investing in general, investing in a business, investing in a mentor, investing in a financial advisor. Again, these things take money. We can view all of that as bad and negative and evil. Same with taxes. Oh, I don't want to make more money because I don't want to pay more taxes. That was my favorite objection. That was my favorite line I would hear when it came to somebody making more. Oh, your investment portfolio is doing really well this year. And then we'd owe some taxes and it would be a crime. 
but you're making money. So again, know your beliefs here. Think of the lens you want to look through when it comes to fees. Mutual funds have really high fees. Annuities have really high fees. Sometimes ETFs have really low fees. If you have no idea what these letters mean, don't worry. <laughs> you can learn. I will go over some of these later. We'll actually get into the weeds and the depths of finance. This is just an overview of kind of some lessons I learned and for you to understand my beliefs now. If you resonate, amazing. If you don't, there are so many other people that can teach you similar things in a different viewpoint. Go find the people you resonate with. These are your friend or your foe. There is a fee for everything. A fee to play, a fee for advice, a fee for convenience, a fee for comfort. They don't have to be negative, but we are taught or our beliefs make us think that fees are bad. And so again, know what you're paying for. If the investment is going to make sense for you because it's going to get you to where you need to go and what you need, fees can actually be your best friend to pay for convenience, for comfort, for the ability to play. There's a lot of investments that do carry fees that, of course, I would recommend because they just made the most sense. But again, if you have decided that I will always find the cheapest option, that is a very limiting belief. And I would see people fall victim to that. And then they would go for the cheaper option. They would go for the more risky investment half the time that would end up losing the money. Or they wouldn't invest in the product that they needed the most or invest in an advisor at all, try to do it themselves and lose things. On the other hand, they would not invest in themselves. This has been me. This is a limiting belief that has come up when I needed a coach, when I needed a way out, when I needed a new perspective. Because I wanted to save money. It didn't make sense to me. Oh, I don't want to have to pay money to figure this thing out. I can figure out on my own, right? How many of you have said that before? Oh, I don't want to pay money. Or we see it as weakness. Wait, I have to. This was me in the beginning when I first got into coaching. Wait, I have to pay for a coach to figure my life out? How weak. I thought that. Jokes on me because here I am now. But I really thought that because I had to pay money to fix a problem, is how I viewed it. So, again, fees are both your friend and foe. Choose your lens. If you're the empowered person, fees all become investments if you know what you're getting out of it and you put a belief and a purpose behind it. And they can be the best money you've ever spent. For me, it was the coach I hired, <laughs> the program I went through. Best money I ever spent. At the time, I did not have that mindset and did not see that. And I sat on my bed and cried and thought, what the hell am I doing? And again, here I am. So friend or foe, choose your lens. Fees can be the best thing ever when you look at them as an investment in yourself. And then number five, this is my favorite lesson for so many people. You can only frugal down so far. I love budgets. It's good to know your cash flow. You need to know what your, where your money's coming in and out. But you can only frugal down so far. At some point, you need to learn how to make more money. At some point, you need to take a, a note from Jim Rohn's book and learn how to make yourself more value in the marketplace. And time and time again, I would see people settle for a salary, settle for something, not ask for a raise, just accept this is as much as I'll make forever because I've been in this industry forever. So I'll never try anything new. I'll never try anything different. This is who I am. I will always be broke. Then th that was their identity. And so they would frugal down, they would pinch pennies, they would cancel Netflix, they would cancel everything, inflation would go up, they would complain, they'd be a victim. Well, I can't make any more money because this is how much I make. You have the power to change all of that. You have the power to develop new skills. You have the power to learn. You can grow, you can change, you can practice new beliefs. You can also ask for more money and learn how to ask for what you're actually worth. So many times asking for a raise will get you farther than you think. Food for thought there. You can only frugal down so much. If you're in that cutting phase, I want you to shift your lens again, your mindset. 
how can I open myself up to actually make more money? Are there options out there I haven't looked at before? Maybe I do need to go back to school. Maybe I need to invest in a program. Maybe I need to learn from somebody before me. Maybe I need to become an apprentice, get a mentor, something, learn copywriting, learn some kind of skill online, learn social media. There are so many ways to make money if you open yourself up to opportunity and go try. Don't think that you are done, that you are stuck in this income level forever? How can you bust through the ceiling of what you make so you never have to frugal down again? That's what I really want to encourage you guys to start thinking. When I would see the people frugal down, again, it would break my heart time and time and time again because money is a resource for freedom. It is. Money will buy you more access to, to, to things, to new experiences, to life. Money does buy access. And so when you truly don't have any, when you truly have accepted, this is as much as I'll make. And this is, these are the only little finite things that I can afford forever. You're limiting yourself so much, so much. And I would see that too. Learning to receive money, seeing your worth, asking for more, charging more, building skills, going out and trying to make money and give value in exchange for it. It builds you into a different type of human. It builds a lot of discipline in you. It can make you into an incredible human just by trying. Jim Rohn had a great quote there too about him making a million dollars when that was his goal. Like, oh, when he was first starting to think about goal setting, which he had none, and his mentor, if you ever go back and listen to, um, oh, what is his audiobook that's so good? It's like The Art of Excellent Living or something. I'll, I'll Somebody drop that in the comments for me if you know what it is. The Art of Exceptional Living. I think it's that. That audiobook is so good. But basically the story with his mentor is he asks if he had set monetary goals. And Jim was like, no, like what, what is that? What do you mean? Instead of money goal. And so then the mentor was like, I bet I can guess within a few hundred dollars your bank account. And he did spot on. And so it, it's that idea of setting goals for yourself to go achieve more, not to hit the goal. Again, don't be that person that's like, I'm going to make a million dollars because I can be happy when. That's not the goal. We set the goal to think of the person it makes you become to actually achieve it. And that was, there's a very famous quote from him about that, about think of the person it'll make me to actually achieve that goal. That's what I want you to think too. If you stop frugaling down and start seeing, how can I break the ceiling above me? How can I make it so that my, I have unlimited possibility and potential here to make money? How can I shatter through that glass ceiling above me? That's an entirely different empowered person that comes out of that conversation, that viewpoint, that mindset. I'm going to encourage you to start thinking of possibilities when it comes to money, not limitations. It builds you into a brand new character. Trust me. You will blow through so many of your limitations. You will uncover so many of the beliefs you didn't know you had that were keeping you down, keeping you stuck, keeping you complacent. And I would see people over time. They were fine. They were fine at a certain level. They were complacent. They were fine. They were content. This is who I am. I make this much money per year. It'll be, it'll be fine. I'll figure it out. And then their complacency would slowly breed resentment and then regret. And then again, they walk into my office with a whole lot of shame later. I failed my wife. I failed my kids. I failed my spouse. I failed my husband. I failed my mom. I failed my family. I would hear this all the time because we would accept I'm limited in my income making ability. This is the path I chose and this is now who I am. And that is just not true. That's just not true. So learn how to make more money. Learn how to increase your value in the marketplace and exchange that value. Making more money doesn't have to be slimy and sleazy. Again, it can be your beliefs. Can you give so much value back to the world that in exchange you receive? That's a belief we're going to work on in Finance Fridays the rest of the month. So not even the rest of the month. This is going to continue on as a theme in BBT. 
Because again, I have busted through some of my own fears here and I'll be very transparent. I didn't know what to do with my finance background and I was a little afraid to talk about it and I still feel a little odd. I'm really excited though, because there's so much that people deserve to know and just are, be given the option to learn about and then choose your investments, choose your path, choose your career, choose your side hustle, choose your adventure when it comes to money. And so, yes, I've been quiet about it for a while, but now I'm going to give you guys the option. Come bask in Finance Fridays with me. Come be a student. Come absorb knowledge and wisdom and insight or just question your perspective that you currently have and shake some of those beliefs loose. See what you can learn just by being curious. That's my ask and my intention for you guys. Thank you for joining me so far. That was today's lesson just to get you thinking about, again, five big things I learned as an advisor. Let me say them again really quickly in case you're missing the beginning and you just saw the end. School did us a disservice. Be the student. Empower yourself to go learn the lessons and learn your own financial story. Become a champion of it by empowering yourself to learn. Don't be the victim because school did us wrong. It did. What are you going to do about it? Control what you can. Number two, our relationship with money has more to do with our own beliefs, our beliefs, than it does our actual income making potential or the investments we choose. Your current job and your investments don't make as big of a difference as your fundamental beliefs about money. If we can shake those, we can change a lot. Number three, financial advisors are great. Investing in help is amazing. Please do that when the time is right, but it is still in your best interest to do the educate yourself enough so that you know what they're talking about. Because at the end of the day, there's a conflict there when you hire someone to help you and they're selling you products at a commission. Going back to point one, educate yourself so that you can make informed decisions. I will fight that war until the day I die. <laughs> Number four, fees are both your friend and foe. Choose the lens you wish to see them. Fees can be an investment or they can be this horrible thing we avoid and then we limit ourselves. Fees are not a, a no sign. They can often be a yes sign if they match your values and fees can be an investment. And then number five, you can only frugal down so far. Eventually, you just need to bust through the ceiling and make more money. That's when freedom unlocks. That's when you grow yourself into a brand new person. That's when life gets a whole lot more interesting and you get a lot more fulfilled. You get a lot more proud of where, where and how far you have come. All right, that's for today. What's coming up for the rest of the month? I've got four more lessons planned. And then I'm also going to open up some office hour times for me to just truly open up a Zoom or a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live, wherever I decide to have these. Hop in here with your financial questions. You got questions on your 401k? Bring them to me. You got questions about cash flow? Bring them to me. You got questions about what you should invest in and why? Don't bring me crypto. I don't want to talk crypto. <laughs> I'll just be honest. I don't, I, I'm not sure still what I feel about crypto. Also, if don't make it your mission to try to be the person that turns me into crypto. We're going to talk about my world of investing, which is the boring stuff. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, 401ks, retirement accounts, how to save on taxes, the good stuff. All right. Come with any of those. I will happily help you. I'll schedule some office hour times for you to just come and be curious. For next lessons, these are going to be on Fridays, not next week, but following that. So 520, five facts of finance is going to be that one. No matter how old you are, basically how to set yourself up to navigate the financial world better because these five things, these five facts are going to be a constant for you. No matter how old you are, no matter what you make, no matter what country you're in, like these things, they hit us all when it comes to finance, five things to learn and how to navigate better with them. 527, we're going to harden the money mindset, understanding your mindset, how it shapes your beliefs and your behaviors and your potential. 
also your limitations, and then how to start shaking some of those loose and getting to know yourself and your relationship with money. We want to, I want to teach you how to change that relationship. So money can be a tool for freedom, not this thing that makes us suffer when we feel like we don't have enough and we're always chasing and forcing and trying to find it. Let's open ourselves up to receive. Talk about law of attraction a little bit here. If you're in my energy space, if you're one of those friends with me, thank you. We'll talk about law of attraction and how, again, we can open ourselves up to receive more money instead of fight against, fight against and push and struggle and, and work so hard to get it when it doesn't have, we don't have to have that relationship. Money can be a tool in our favor, not something that fights against us. All right. 6-3, June. We're going to go into this month too. 6-3 is one of my favorites. It's the history of the Dow. I'm going to show you how to answer one of my favorite questions. When do I time the market, Brie? When do I invest my money? Is now a good time? Is now a bad time? I feel like recession's around the corner. What do I do? I'm going to go through the history of the Dow to show you the power of compounding. And that even if you invest at the very worst time in financial history, what that would still look like today if you trust the long-term process. And again, your values match your investment philosophy. That's what gets people to make money in the investment space. And then June 10th, cash positive. We're going to talk about actually understanding your cash flow, how to break through that income ceiling, how to, instead of frugaling yourself down, how to open yourself up to making more and be more positive with all things, money, cash, understanding it. And so again, we can start to shake that relationship of money is evil. Money is bad. Money limits me. There are so many people that already have a wonderful relationship here. Let's make it even deeper by, again, becoming more of a student, getting empowered, being more confident in your money handling skills, cash positive. After that, I haven't made new lessons. I'm going to see where this takes us. So please, my ask, participate in these. If this is a topic that is going to interest and help you go back to point number one of this, empower yourself to be the student and get educated about this. If you do that and you show up for these, please ask questions along the way, engage with me. It'll help me kind of see what the next few lessons, what the next few workshops or Zoom calls together as a group need to be. So the more you participate, the more I can help. I hope this is something that you guys are interested in now. Again, I'm finally busting the doors open on all things finance and investing. So ask me questions and I'll give you answers. <laughs> That's what I got for you guys today. I really appreciate you showing up on a Friday. Let's have fun with this theme for a while and truly start to empower and educate in a place that we all have to deal with money. It runs and controls so many of our lives. Let's do it in a much friendlier, easier, more empowered, more aware way. That's what I got for you. Thank you guys. As always, I will see you in two weeks for more. Yeah.